Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to another episode of Scientifically Speaking. Today, my guest is the Ada McVean, who is a science writer and communicator. And she received her bachelor's with a double major in bioorganic chemistry and gender, sexuality, feminist, and social justice studies from McGill University in 2019. Welcome. Holy, that's that's very loaded how was your undergrad experience yeah I everyone always asks if I have like some unique way of like combining the two and the truth is just that I instead of taking like bird courses to fill up the rest of my degree I wanted to take like gender studies classes just so I was interested yeah and then I finished my minor and then I didn't want to stop so then I was like I guess it could be a second major um and it's I honestly I, I love it like I People, I am in the unique position to say whether science or arts is harder, and it's mm-hmm. science. There's no question. Oh my god, girl, like, hands down. Oh, in my arts, hands down. Here's a thing. Um, I'm sure I I always reiterate this. I double majored in biochem and theater. It always bugged me when like theater kids are like, "Oh my gosh, school is so hard." Like these theater classes, and I'm like, I'm like, come on, y'all. Like most of my theater classes, it's like. If you if you just show up and you try, really, if you try and you give your best effort, if it's not the best performance, but you put your all in it, you get an A. Yeah. You get an award for trying. You get an A for trying. <laughs> but uh, hey, you know, ev- everyone's struggles are different. You know, so who, <laughs> who am I to judge? But being in the position of taking science classes and theater classes, it was always guaranteed that if you put in the effort, you're going to get the A. Whereas exactly, we know yeah. sci- science isn't like that. Science is not like that at all. That's exactly it. Like the readings, it's annoying to do the readings. There are some nights I had like literally two hours of readings to do. But if you do the readings, you will get a good grade. Like it's that simple. And meanwhile, science, you can do all the readings. You can do all the practice questions. You can study the lab reports and you can still just get an F for no (laughs) reason. Although some of my lab courses, uh, it's like, well, you can have like the lowest yield, but as long as you specify where you went wrong, yeah, then you're fine. You know, true. like <laughs> that's true. That's true. To some extent, but there are other. I totally feel you. Like with other courses, it's like you either solve the problem correctly, or you don't. Or you don't. Yeah. Or you don't. And I I had one class where like writing the final exam. I was for whatever reason writing in like a like, like split us up in different classrooms mm-hmm. and the teacher went into all the other classrooms and wrote like a correction for the test on the exam but she didn't come to mine and so I spent so long on that exam trying to figure out a question that was impossible to do and then at the end they're just like oh we realized our mistake okay so we won't credit that question and I'm like how do I get back the like 45 minutes I spent on that question right <laughs> how do I get back the mental stress that you just put me through mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. I'm suing the school and then now you're rich that's what you're saying right you're rich now because you sued the school that's yeah, amazing that's how I was able to move to the UK wait okay so that is my question what one when did you move to the UK two why did you move to the UK <laughs> three 
how did you move to the UK? For what is a UK there? Those are my four questions. Yes. So I'm specifically in England. I'm on kind of like the outskirts of London. So yeah. my my UK is England. Uh-huh. Um, uh, w- uh, what, when, why? Okay, yeah. What, when, when where, why, who? Not that who is stuff. the UK? Who is the UK? Yeah. Not the Queen anymore. Oh. I, so I've only been here about 10 weeks. I've only been here 10 weeks. And I have been through two monarchs and three prime ministers. <laughs> so, so far, it's a bit volatile. You know, um, I'm actually I'm going to save that comment because I, I am like the the epitome of American where I am not familiar with politics outside of the U.S. So <laughs> you come into my podcast to embarrass me. You're like, no. what does Darian not know? Let me bring it up so that I can embarrass him on his own podcast. And now I, you won, you won. I'm embarrassed. That's good. So we can sign off now. Or... Yes, I am upset, and we are ending this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you move to the UK? Yeah, I I have a real reason, and then I have the reason I like to tell everybody. Uh-huh. Um, I like to tell everyone that I moved here because it's my damn ancestral birthright to be here. Uh-huh. Um, that's true. My grandfather oh, was born so... here. That's how I was able to move here. So but you literally, when someone reason. when someone said go back to your country you literally i took it literally you look gotcha gotcha okay and like as a white person i don't get that often so like once (laughs) was enough someone said it one time and i just (laughs) you're like okay i captain (laughs) (laughs) i will do um the actual the actual reason um my fiance is in veterinary school and the royal veterinary college is the number one vet college in the world and so he's attending here and so i I'm lucky enough because I'm a freelance writer because I finished my master's in August. Ooh. I was able to just come with him. Snap, snap, snap. So what you're saying is if my dog Helix were ever injured or like need some type of care, surgery, whatever, I can fly over to the UK and go to your husband. Um, You could, but you're going to have to wait till he's graduated. I will um, do that. In which yeah. case, we'll probably be back in Canada, but that's closer for you. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, if Helix needs an emergency surgery, I can wait a couple months. You know, I... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh huh. Yeah. I'll just wait till y'all come back to Canada when it's convenient for y'all. You know, so I'll keep that yeah, in mind. I mean, there's like a real serious vet shortage right now, so like if you could just not have any emergencies right now, that'd be great. Yeah. So Helix, you heard that? If you if you get into an emergency, <laughs> you gotta wait, dude. Wait. Also, you mentioned your husband, right? Not boyfriend. I fiance. But Fian- fiance. Oh my gosh, I'm a liar. I'm actually gaslighting you. Y- y'all, you know, you're already married, right? The I, the marriage already happened, and you just forgot about you know it. What? I weaponize the like patriarchal ideas about husbands mm-hmm. so much whenever it's convenient to me. Like, if I have to do something and I don't want to do it, like, um, they were delivering. In ikea furniture to us mm-hmm. and they were like oh well there's a problem with the order and i'll just strategically be like oh i'm sorry my husband deals with all those kinds of things <laughs> and no one says crap because everyone's just like okay i guess she's old-fashioned or whatever so i just absolutely he's my husband when i want him to be you're like ask not what you can do for the patriarchy but what can the <laughs> patriarchy do for you wow absolutely Girl, I, I feel you. Sometimes I like to use my sexual orientation as a crutch. Like, Darren, can you, can you drive us up? Sorry, can't. I'm gay. Can't drive. Drive. It's, like, yeah, it's like, hey, uh, sir, you know you can't shoplift. I don't know any better. I'm gay. I'm gay. My gosh. I totally feel I I love that. I, I feel you with that. How long have y'all been together? Ten years next month. Ten years. Yeah, that so we, is... met in, we met in high school. Um, he came 20 minutes late to the very first class of the very first day of high school. Uh-huh. And he's been late to literally everything ever since. Um, multiple hours late to pick me up for prom. Oh, oh. He will probably be late to the wedding one day. So I've just accepted that. But yeah, I just, he came in 20 minutes late. And I was like, I got to get me some, some of that guy. It, um, was... it was like three years, three years later that we finally got together. There's like this motif of just being late. Everything in your relationship. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. What? Ten years is a long time. I know. You straight people. You 
breeders. I resent that as someone who doesn't want kids and is also bisexual. Oh, oh, oh not me gaslighting, not me. <laughs> no. <laughs> This is the ep- that episode about Darian gaslighting his guests. Oh my! I know. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm kind of curious as to how you got into scientific writing, because you know a lot of STEM majors, a lot of science people, are good at the sciencing but not good at the writing. Yeah, I think that's very impressive. Oh, thank you. I really liked writing fiction growing up, and mm. I have completely stopped that, like, 100% as soon as so, I So, like, you love writing, like, One Direction fan fiction like that and, like, Twilight fan fiction? <laughs> yeah, definitely don't Google me because you can still find some poetry online that's just not Ooh, good. Wait, where um, is it? On Tumblr? Mm, 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 mm. I'm not giving you any more details. <laughs> I'm, like, like, digging up, like, you don't have to... It's, like... Yeah, don't share with us, but share with us. Okay, fine. So don't look up Ada McVean on Tumblr on, what's it called, Watt- Wattpad? Where they write, like, a lot of fan fiction of, uh, like, Twilight and... Yeah, or, like, AO3. Harry Potter. What's AO3? I archive of our own, I think. I don't know. I think I used to read Smut there when I was younger. I have... <laughs> No idea. I literally have no idea virtually what the words that just came out of your mouth. I don't understand what just happened. I don't know any of that. Okay, but 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 you you got into you you got into writing, yeah. Yeah. Um. So I always kind of liked. I enjoyed writing, and I I I feel like just the way my brain works, and much easier. It's easier for me to write things down than to speak mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Like... Um. And it's not like I have no problem with public speaking. I have mm-hmm. no problem talking to you right now. But it's like I can't always organize my thoughts unless yeah. I can write them down first. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that I was already primed for the opportunity to present itself. And then I so I originally wanted to go into biology and I did not get accepted for biology. Mm. But you got a second application for the same price. So I threw in an application to chemistry for no reason. Yeah. Um, and got accepted there. Yeah. And I fell so in love with the school and so in love with Montreal that I wanted to go there Montreal. so badly. So uh-huh. I went I went for chemistry. Um and I Slay. intended to switch into biology after the mm-hmm. first year and then I discovered that I'm horrible at biology. So you were planning to Trojan horse the biology yeah, program. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um and then I discovered that you just kind of have to memorize things to be a biologist and I don't have a memory. So chemistry was safer for me. Um, but we have this really unique office that was kind of like an offshoot of the chemistry department called the McGill office for science and society. Mm -hmm. And like the best way to explain what they do is just what their like slogan is, which is separating sense from nonsense. So it's kind of like this bridge between like academia and the public, like just a good resource that people can come to and ask questions and we write interesting things. And it's always based like evidence-based science-based, um, and I kind of just became obsessed with that office and then wrote to them and was like, can I work for you? And yeah. Yo, that kind of reminds me of uh, ASAP Science's um, slogan, making science make sense. And that's yeah. literally, yeah. you know who ASAP Science is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I just, I just I got think, I think they're Canadian. They are. They are from Canada. Literally, everyone's from Canada. Everyone's from Canada. Do you know Science Sam? Ha! Um, I don't know her, know her, but I know yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, imagine if, like, <laughs> I'm just, like, asking all my future guests, like, do you know all of these previous guests I had on my episode? <laughs> I love, I fucking love Science Sam. She's amazing. She's so there was a pretty. Sam episode? Yes, there was a Sam episode. That one. Ooh. Damn it. Okay, I know what I'm doing today. <laughs> I think it's posted. Yeah, it is posted. It is posted. I've been... Hello, everyone, if you're listening. I mean, of course you're listening. I apologize. I've been a little slow on posting some of the episodes. Um, So I apologize. We I've been a little busy. Been a little busy. And I have a really good editor. Editor. Brian, if you're listening. Uh, I mean, of course you're listening. You're editing the episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just putting this right. There's no editing on this. This, this is my what? test. This is my test for him to see if he's really editing the episode. So, and then, okay, so 
when did you move to the UK? I think that was the second question. Yeah, when did you move? Um, like eight weeks ago now. So it's still oh. very new. Go! Yeah. Go! Ooh, was it a huge? Was this your two? I have a. I have two questions following <laughs> up with that question. One, yeah. have you been to the UK before? Let alone like London. And then yeah. two, was it was it a huge culture shock living there? So I came here. So my fiance started at RVC last September. So he was here for like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I came to see him in July for about three weeks. And I just like had visa nightmare after nightmare after nightmare. Um, and delay after delay after delay. So like I was supposed to move a very long time ago. Um, and it just never really worked out. Once again, once again, I told you for the summer, the motif of things just 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 being delayed being late. Yep. It's, it's a reoccurring yep. thing in your relationship. My original move date was like December 2021. And I didn't end up here until like September 2022. So I haven't been here that long, but I spent a few weeks here in the spring. So at least it wasn't like a total shock of like, let me pack up every single thing I own and just mm-hmm. come. And we were able, like we got our apartments in, we were able to set it up and mm-hmm. then just leave it empty and hope nothing bad happened for the whole summer. Um, culture-wise, I'm not like Canada is an ex colony. So like there's a lot of British influence in Canada, mm. like even a lot more so than I ever realized. Mm-hmm. And then I come here and I'm like, Hey, we do that. Oh, I guess we got that from them. Mm. But also like I was like joking, saying earlier, it is my ancestral right to be here. <laughs> and I grew up, my parents were divorced. My mom was disabled. So we often lived with my grandparents Yeah, and they were quite British. And I guess I never realized how many of the things we did as a family were super, super freaking British. Name one thing. Eating plain jacket potatoes for lunch. You're like eating uh, cold beans on bread, on toast. Yep, beans on toast. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Sausage rolls. We made sausage rolls all the time. Like we had tea every day at 3 p.m. Tea. Um, oh. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Um, One. I feel like as as a Vietnamese person within our culture, uh, we don't eat savory beans. In fact, all our beans that we eat are in desserts. And so I that, think, huh. yeah, so personally, I do not like savory beans. There's this dessert called Jaya. And how do I describe it? It's like, I guess it's like the Asian version of pudding, but there are like different components in the pudding if you will okay yeah i think i've had it i think i've had it, Ooh, it. girl she's culture come on culture and montreal man montreal's got everything montreal has everything oh uh, wait do you speak french uh oh i wish i spoke french french sounds so sexy it sounds so sexy so romantic <laughs> french might doesn't always <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I don't like I don't like savory beans. So if y'all ever see me in Chipotle, I I can I can promise you you will never see beans in my Chipotle burrito. Also, you have Chipotle in Canada, right? In UK or no? Oh, I never went to one in Canada, so I don't know if they do because Quebec's weird. Like, can't there's all of Canada and then there's Quebec. So like the rest of Canada might have Chipotle, but Quebec sure doesn't. But, um, but you know what? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I love Chipotle so much. Chipotle, if you're listening to me, please sponsor me. Just please, please sponsor this episode. I can pretend. Chipotle, I can pretend do it. Do it. that this episode is sponsored, and then I can like ping them and be like, "Yo, I just advertised for Chipotle in this episode. Can you give me money now?" Um, you've never tried their beans, but I'll let you know as a vegetarian that they're really, really good. Really? So, yeah, I'll simp for Chipotle. It's become like a totally meme thing to make fun of like British beans on toast and British beans, which like I get it. It's fun mm-hmm. to make fun of the Brits. Like as as a semi-British person, you have my permission, of course, make fun of them. They're colonized. Yes, okay, cool. That's but all like, I needed. That's all I needed in life. Yeah, no, do it. But at the same time, the specific making fun of the beans kind of bugs me. Not from you, from everyone else. Because <laughs> it's like so many cultures have beans. Like it's not like beans are not weird. Like so many African cuisines have beans. So obviously Mexican cuisine, like Beans are not weird, and people want to act act like Brits are crazy for eating beans. Like, go away. What if I gaslit you and I told you, like, actually, in Mexican culture, there's no beans at all. 
and I just like this whole podcast. I just like this whole episode. I just gaslight you to thinking like, yeah, what are beans? Beans aren't real. Beans aren't I'm, an actual thing. I'm not gullible, but I'm very susceptible to peer pressure. So like, you'd probably get me by the end. I'm gullible and actually no, I am not susceptible to peer pressure. I know when to say no. So when Good. people tell me, hey, Darren, want to smoke weed? No. Legal in Canada. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm acting interested. I don't I don't smoke weed. For those that are listening, <laughs> I don't smoke. I don't know why I acted interested. I it was more like a oh, that's an interesting thing. More that was that was the gesture I was going for. Not like, <laughs> ooh, I'm interested. I'm moving to Canada to smoke weed. No. You don't want to sacrifice your new Chipotle sponsorship by talking too much. I know, people. I know. Uh Chipotle, please. <laughs> please sponsor me. Please, 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 please. <laughs> All right. So girl, when I did my little homework of Googling you. You you wrote some good articles, and oh. that yeah, not me gassing you up. Well, girl, I'm not gassing you up. I'm telling you the truth. Bam, 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 bam. All right, so you wrote this really good piece called "A Lesson from Nature: What Click Chemistry Is and Why It Won a Nobel Prize." Yeah, and very recent. I oh yeah, this was October of this month, beginning of this month, I believe. Yeah, I also pitched not to that same organization, but I pitched to a bunch of other ones about Mm -hmm. like why it matters so much that Carolyn Bertozzi just won a a Nobel Prize because she's never been a queer woman to win a Nobel Prize before, and nobody took me up on it, and I'm still bitter about it. Girl, I tell I'm telling you, be bitter. And be petty. Life is short. Be petty. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> On your institutional website, I believe, you wrote a bit about click chemistry. But in that article, you specified exactly what it is. And there was a nice visual. I guess, can you can you briefly explain what click chemistry is and why it is muy importante? Yeah. So, I mean, it's basically, it kind of represented like a shift in how we think about organic chemistry. And that Mm -hmm. sounds really pretentious, and I recognize that, but I don't think there's a non-pretentious way to say it. But it's like before, before kind of like Barry Sharpless, who also won the Nobel Prize, um, people were kind of doing organic chemistry, um, organic synthesis, so making new molecules that we hope have like drug-like potential. Mm -hmm. Um, They were largely looking at like the compounds that we find in nature, so things like um, salicylic acid from willow bark, and then they were going back to the lab. And they were pulling out binders full of like thousands of pages of organic um, reactions mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to perfectly make that molecule. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it worked great. And sometimes you spent literally 10, 20 years trying to figure out how to make this molecule only to figure out that you can't. Like yeah. it's just not possible with that approach. Uh-huh. And so click chemistry kind of represented a bit of a shift in how we thought about it where Barry Sharpless kind of looked at nature, and that's why I called it a lesson with nature. Um, And he was like, why does nature do this so easily? And we are pulling our hair out to do this. Uh What is nature doing different? And how do we take advantage of that? And so essentially, like carbon-carbon bonds are just a freaking pain in the ass. Uh Like all of this, like so many of the problems just came from chemists trying to make new carbon-carbon bonds. And so Barry Sharpless was like, what if we forget about making carbon-carbon bonds mm-hmm. and instead we work from like a, a few kind of small building blocks yeah. that are unfortunately most mostly petrochemical based but you can't avoid everything mm-hmm. um, and we'll take these little building blocks that already have these carbon-carbon bonds and we'll stick them together and bridge them with either oxygens, nitrogens, a few others but mostly those two and use that to build up a molecule that isn't exactly the same mm-hmm. but is mostly the same and is likely to have the same like drug-like potential oh uh, this kind of um that reminds me when you said like learning from nature it reminds me of this book called biomimicry nature will always find a way to do things much quicker and more efficiently mm-hmm. we sound so um what's the word uh is hippie the right word like just learning from nature and just like <laughs> licking yeah. oh no i dropped on my my phone i thought it was your coffee i sound like a little kid i dropped my i dropped my ipad mommy 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 i dropped my ipad mommy can you turn the, the ipad back on my show is my show is lost 
What if that was my actual voice? Hi, hi, welcome to the podcast. And then this is all a disguise. Like I'm trying so hard to suppress that voice. It's, well, we're not and your voicing. theater classes did good for you because it works. <laughs> I'm actually from New York. It's Margaret. Margaret's coming out. Okay, okay, hold on. Let me take a little sip. A little sip of coffee. I oh. play D&D, and I have a D&D character. Who oh, has my God. A British accent. I'm... But now that I'm here, it feels awkward. <laughs> Ada, if we ever meet in person, can you please, please, please teach me how to play Dungeons & Dragons? Because... Yes, it's so easy. I... I hear so many great things about it, and like I got into it because of Stranger Things, or I'm I'm wanting to get into it because of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've been told that like you need a really good group of people who are like willing to like immerse themselves into this like reality fantasy, and it, it reminds me of just like me hanging out with like theater people, theater friends, and yeah. I want to play it. I'm lucky because like the first group I joined was already online because mm-hmm. like we were all kind of all scattered around the world. Oh, and you so can do it online. Hit, yeah, there's this really cool website, Roll20. There's a few others, but that's the, like the big one, Roll20. Um, and it's it's fantastic. It's amazing. It's free too. Um, but so the pandemic hit. Do you still play it? Yeah, in two different campaigns. Can I play with you? <laughs> I have to ask my dungeon master, but I don't see him saying no. Okay, well, okay. Oh my God. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, um, I just want to learn and I just... I, I and I, I hear everyone who who plays it and has watched Stranger Things is like yeah, like Stranger Things is pretty accurate on how describing the the yeah. monsters. You've seen Stranger Things, right? I haven't seen the new season, but I saw the like original ones. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna. You sound surprised. Did you hear something else? No, I just I honestly we started watching Lucifer when we moved here for some Lucifer. reason, like, uh-huh. no reason. Um, and we're just so obsessed with that. I haven't thought about another TV show in like 10 weeks. I have not seen, I've, I've heard of Lucifer. I've not seen it. It's, it's on Netflix, right? Fantastic. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's like a crime drama, which uh-huh. are usually not my things. Like I'm not like an NCIS person, but this yeah. is fantastic. And it's technically like a DC show. I didn't realize they're DC characters. Really? I, okay. Yeah, I guess they can make shows, just not movies. I'm not really into DC, TBH. I'm more into the MCU. Yeah. That's You're not into the MCU? No, I'm not really. I'm not super into either anymore, um, honestly. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm not good at movies because I'm not good at sitting still for that long. Um, Girl, I feel you. I feel you. Like, my attention span, I'm literally like a toddler now. I feel like with the advent of TikTok, my attention yeah. span is just like, I need... I need explosions. I need something that's happening every five seconds. Otherwise, I'm yep. going to get bored out of my mind. Yep. Yep. I'm going to get bored out of my mind. I need dialogue, fast paced. Yes. I need everything fast paced. I need big explosions. I need drama now. All right. Going yeah. back to um, click chemistry. I'm sorry. Well, a little tangent. Yeah. yeah. I have the very cheap version of Zoom. So we have to hop off and then hop back on. And then for for a moment, ooh, come on, drink beer. Okay. And then for a moment, we had to jump off and then jump back on. And also, there's a huge time difference. So yeah. uh, we're six hours apart. Uh, I'm here drinking coffee. And then Ada's over there drinking water and beer. I could drink beer, but it's too early. I got to go to lab later. Can I go I to mean, lab? Admittedly, drunk? like, it's only 4.30 here. Like, I'm maybe a little early, but the British mm. drinking culture is drink always. It's, mm. it's rubbing off on me. I'm immersing mm. myself. You're um you're going back to your roots. You know, people are like, "What is white culture?" This is white culture. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The politics here are a train wreck, and everyone's drunk all the time. White culture. <laughs> when you're describing like the synthesis of these molecules, took me back to organic chemistry lab, and I'm sure like we it was a baby down version of just like trying to isolate a certain product. It's been so long. I have a biochemistry yeah. background. I mean, I understand the concept, but I think it's really neat. Do you think this would pave the way for like the synthesis of like pharmaceutical drugs? I believe it already is. As far as I know, there's already been quite a few drugs made with click chemistry that are on the market. Because like in the end, so long as the molecule is the same, you yeah. can synthesize it in a variety of ways usually. Yeah. And so like if 
click chemistry just kind of allowed a lot of like syntheses that we already had to get simpler. Mm. It's kind of, I kind of think of it the difference between like, let's say you need to make like a box out of plastic. Mm-hmm. You could like somehow get like, I don't know, that like plastic filament stuff they use for 3D printing and yeah, like, yeah, slowly yeah. construct it like bit by bit by bit. Yeah. Or you could get some Lego and just snap it all together. Mm. That's click chemistry. Click chemistry oh. is like, let's make everything modular and easy and let's only use reactions that we know work really really well yeah wow uh... um and it's also got like a really big environmentalism aspect too because in part of using those reactions that work really really well mm-hmm. they you can't really do click chemistry unless it's in like water or a really benign substance and mm. it should be like not oxygen sensitive it's basically it should be easy and hilariously like i spent my whole master's fighting to make one click chemistry thing work but that's because i worked with nucleotides so yeah. for everyone else it's super easy i got it to work by the end yeah i remember your um your thesis focused on oligonucleotide chemistry specifically synthesizing and characterizing small nucleic acid based inhibitors of streptococcus pyogenes pyogenes cas9 things but i used to go for pyogenes Pyog- oh no that is oh my god literally is this that reminds- right? yeah, yeah you're a biologist yeah i hey i'm a <laughs> not a microbiologist <laughs> biologist cast and i using click chemistry wow i memorize all that all of that <laughs> <laughs> millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How did your whole project thesis go? It was a lot bigger in scope when we started. Because mm. basically, like, it was supposed to be about the actual molecules that we were making. And we're trying to make molecules that would kind of bind to parts of the CRISPR-Cas9 machinery and inhibit yeah. it. So mm-hmm. I like to joke that everyone in the world is trying to make CRISPR work. And I'm trying to make it stop working. Yeah. Um, I guess for, you know, there, there's always a handful of people who don't know what CRISPR-Cas9 is. Can you explain? Yeah, true. It is 
this is a little confusing, but stay with me. It is the defense system of bacteria. And so bacteria use it to avoid viruses um, or rather to like, well, yeah, avoid them. Once they've been infected yeah, yeah. once, they use it to avoid them in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and some really, really... Oh, wait, I sound like a PI. Alien. I sound like a PI who's, like, <laughs> testing their trainee. <laughs> Can you explain to the lab what that is? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm and then I'm, like, mm-hmm. fact-checking you. Uh-huh. A really brilliant researcher said, what if we take that same, like, idea and those same proteins, but instead of using it to edit bacterial DNA, we use it to edit human or cell or plant DNA, like whatever DNA we want. And so people call it like molecular scissors, but it's basically this like system of proteins and molecules that you can use to very selectively edit parts of DNA or RNA. And so like the dream is one day to use it in humans to edit things like um, the the mistake, quote unquote, in DNA that causes things like sickle cell or like Friedrich's ataxia. That was um, really we're not good. Quite there yet, but we're getting there. Actually, there was the first like human trial of a CRISPR drug, so that was really cool. Also, um, CRISPR babies a couple years ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, that was really good though. You should like. I think you should like study science. That was a really good explanation. Like you should go into <laughs> science. That was. I should like be a science communicator. Or yeah, right? for real. I don't know if you've like even considered that or even considered science, but that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So going back to the explanation of your thesis, yeah. So CRISPR Cas nine uh, using click chemistry. Yeah. I worked in a lab that focuses on like modified nucleic acids. So it's like DNA has ATCG. Most people know that. But you can also kind of edit the structure of those bases a little bit to make what we call modified nucleic acids. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do weird things like throw a fluorine in or throw a throw a sulfur atom in, and it changes the property slightly. And so I was in a lab that works mostly with modified nucleic acids. And so what we wanted to do was make kind of long chains around like 30 bases long mm-hmm. that would um, bind to parts of the CRISPR machinery and inhibit it. And that seems useless. But the hope was that if we kind of downregulate all of the effects, mm-hmm. the off-target effects, the editing in the wrong place, would be downregulated to the point that they're like not clinically relevant. And the on-target editing, even though it's kind of been like turned down a little bit, it would still happen enough. Mm. Um, that remains to be seen because that is not the side of the project I worked on. I don't work with anything that's alive. Um, no cells, no no, no organisms here. Um, so all I was trying to do was make those big, long molecules that would yeah. hypothetically do that using click chemistry. And that was supposed to be like the very first step in the project. And the hope was that we'd then send them away to our collaborators and get cell res- cell results mm-hmm. and like then design better ones based on that and send them away and then get the results and design better ones. And I only ever got one round of results in because it took me three years to get the click reaction to work. Wow. Hey, that literally describes every project you have, uh, like a timeline of what you want to happen. It never goes. Nope, never. In my lab, we have like Gantt charts. We have to like show when we want this uh, phase of our project to happen or finish. Mm-hmm. Those Gantt charts, our predictions are always wrong. It, everything <laughs> takes much longer. Than, yep. than we expect. And so we'll, we just always have to push things back. Three years. Three years. A two-year master's took me three years. But in my defense, there was a pandemic that started right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And also that pandemic started like literally nine weeks after I had knee surgery. So I had just taken six weeks off to recover. And then I was like, sweet, time to get back to the lab. And literally I went back to the lab on a Friday. And uh-huh. on that Monday, they closed the university for COVID. <laughs> I take back that um, in your relationship, there's a, a recurrence of things being delayed. I think that's a you thing now. I don't think it's your relationship. <laughs> I think it's a you thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we're done. Bye. And hey, and we're normalizing <laughs> things being delayed. That is the take-home message on this episode. It's okay if things are delayed. Okay, if your project is delayed, your relationship, meeting, it's okay. Things take longer than they think. And that doesn't, most of the time, it's not you. Like, unless you're like spitting in your cells or or, like just literally staying home every day, 
if you're putting in the effort, it's mm-hmm. probably not you. It's probably the research. It's not you. It's me. We're breaking up. <laughs> yeah, it's me, yeah. apparently. <laughs> Thank you for the breakdown of your, your thesis. I'm still hoping to get a paper out of it one day. Did you, like, submit it or did you write a manuscript? Yeah. My graduation is actually supposed to be tomorrow, but obviously I'm in the UK, not in the <laughs> So, and you it's supposed to be. It's like uh, my graduation is supposed to be right now, but I'm on this <laughs> shitty ass podcast <laughs> with you. <laughs> no, I. As soon as I went to my undergrad um, yeah. graduation, before it was over, I'd already decided I wasn't going to my master's. <laughs> like I was like, this is fun, and I never want to do it again. <laughs> this is such a waste of time. So I'm, I'm fine with missing it. But I did my final thesis submission August 15th. Ah, so, I mean, with with your submitted thesis, you can kind of like double dip and use that to submit, and, like publish a paper, yeah? Or not? Yeah, yeah, we're just kind of waiting. There's like one more part of it we wished, we being my PI mostly, wished uh-huh. I got done um, before I left. But I wasn't able to, so I'm hoping that one of the oh. grad students who are still in the lab will kind of just finish up that last thing for me. Yeah, I see, I see. Nice, nice. For those that are wondering, Aiden and I don't know each other. Generally, I feel like most of the guests on this podcast have been uh, people that I know in real life. But you com- you tweeted me, or you tweeted, you're like, yo, Hi. can I be a guest? And I was like, bitch? why not i saw it and i was like shoot your shot Ada. like just fucking go for it (laughs) so in life shoot your shot uh dm people you it will not hurt you it will not hurt you and bam here we are we are talking face to face actually i'm not even real this is all a deep fake that i mean that's kind of what i thought before you like responded (laughs) like i was like oh yeah i watch his tiktoks like it's like he got hacked he got high. who who is messaging me this is it this is in him if y'all want to be on this episode if y'all want to get be on an episode just dm me message me does not hurt the worst he'll say is no and go to hell i mean the worst thing i could have done is just block you oh God, <laughs> broken me. like who, who is this person Ugh, a lock who is this british person block <laughs> <laughs> then I'd be out here like writing op-eds about lab shenanigans is actually a terrible person. Yeah, he's yeah, cancel me, cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how long are you planning to stay in the UK? Um, right now the plan is just until my fiance's done vet school. So that's another three years, two years, three years. I always forget. Four year total, and he already did one year. So mm. yeah. So you you wouldn't want to stay there any longer, like. Maybe after um, he graduates or no? I wouldn't mind it, mm-hmm. but he has family back in Canada um, that oh. he's very close to. So we're probably going to go back there, at least originally. Mm-hmm. Um, they also pay a crap ton better in Canada for vets, like double the salary. So, uh, so why are y'all not staying in, in, wait, in Canada or the UK? I'm sorry. In Canada, they pay. Oh, better. never mind. Okay, I thought I heard. I thought you said they pay better than UK. Yeah, girl, go back to Canada. And also, like in the end, we want to wind up back in Montreal because it really is just like the most perfect place on earth. Mm. I love that city so much. Montreal. Um, I want to visit Canada so bad. So what I'm saying is, I'm going to visit you in the UK, and I'm going to visit you in Canada. Okay. We just got our pullout, so come on over. Hey. Okay. Okay. So y'all heard it. So. <laughs> If I, if I ask Ada, back now. hey, can I visit you? And she says no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna publicly humiliate you. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so, uh, Montreal. Yeah, I've always wanted to visit Montreal, Quebec, and Toronto, literally, but um, been a little busy. I was supposed to go to Toronto a couple months ago, but that didn't work out because other plans happen. You, I would not recommend trying to do both of those on like the same trip people kind of forget how big canada is like they those two cities are a six or eight hour drive apart so uh, like i would recommend like you could do a week you could do like part of the week yeah, in montreal yeah. and part in toronto but like okay. everyone's always like oh i'm gonna do like toronto to niagara falls to montreal the quebec city and i'm like you're gonna get to maybe two of those places oh my god stop yelling at me oh my god i want to do what i want to do <laughs> 
let me drive my eight hours. Now that's like literally from Houston to El Paso. Oh wait, uh, that's true. You're in Texas. You're in like uh, the only big state. Yeah, I'm in Yeehaw Land. I'm in Yeehaw Land. Yes, yes, ma'am. I um don't live in Houston. No, I'm just kidding. Houston is Houston is cheap. Houston's good, but it is uh humid. Humid. Uh, for those that cannot see, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to post the video component of this video on, on YouTube, but my face is moist. It is oily. I literally just walked Helix. I just came back from walking Helix and I'm a little sweaty because it's humid. It's humid in Houston. Yeah. Okay. And you'd get the complete opposite in Montreal. It's minus 40 for a good chunk of the year. Minus 40. Oh, I forgot. Y'all are in the um... Celsius. Celsius. Uh so I'm trying to think minus 40. I don't even know what that means. Zero is zero. That's zero is that was such zero is zero. What that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> 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 so uh, you are a science communicator writer in the UK, yeah? How is that what is that like? It's a lot of trying to motivate myself to do things because it's not like I have like a boss hanging over my shoulder girl that like, sounds I like have... a regular day in my life that yeah, sounds like, honestly, <laughs> like that. my pi was very hands-off so it's not that different you're it's like as um as students in a lab we're so used to being yelled at and being um slaves to our pis that we don't know what we, what to do when we have our own free will now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i feel you i feel you that so are you like so you're a freelancer. You're not working for anyone particularly. Yeah. Well, so I kind of, I have an ongoing column actually in an American magazine, Skeptical Inquirer. Um, I kind of live where I was, wherever, wherever is like most convenient for me to live. Not yeah. actually. I keep living here, but I will tell people I live wherever is most convenient for them to think I live. Mm -hmm. um, so I work for still the McGill Office for Science and Society. Ah. Um, they can't get rid of me. It's been six years now and they've been trying, but they cannot get rid of me. <laughs> um, so I write for them. I just finished an article like five minutes before the call called um, about, what did I call it? When the cows come home to radioactive ranches. And it's about the like the cows that were left in the Fukushima exclusion zone. Oh. After people left. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like it's already posted and everything. No, it's not posted i just sent it to my editor oh gotcha wow that sounds so professional sent but, it to your editor uh -huh. wow um but yeah so i still write for them and i have my i have a column in skeptical inquirer and then outside of that yeah freelancing um hasn't taken off just yet but i hey, sure am for those that are listening pitches hire her hire yeah, her <laughs> i can write about anything my field is chemistry but i love biology so much i can do physics i got it all man just hire me please, please i think that's me. one of the the perks of studying science is that uh and especially getting a master's getting a master's or even getting like um uh, a phd you within the scientific field you become science literate and so yeah you're able to and i feel like as a science communicator you're able to break down a lot of complex topics a lot of papers and and break them out break them down into layman terms and you're you're writing about it, and so I think that's very impressive. Yeah, it's it's almost like doing lit reviews, like really long lit reviews, and then having to explain it to like your mom or dad yep. who like yeah, oh, yeah. in science. I actually um I I used my mom a long uh, a lot as like the audience because like she mm. had a high school education and no further. So mm -hmm. it's like if my mom can understand it, then that that's what I'm aiming for. Watch like your mom's like a biology professor in a college. <laughs> watch you're like lying to us my mother is dead darren you can't say that oh <laughs> oh no <laughs> hey hey my father passed away so i i relate to you um on a my dead parent level You come into my podcast to embarrass me. Say hello to my little friend. Ah! Uh, okay. Oh my gosh. Well. No. Okay. You were right. You were right. Like doing a master's. That's 
even just doing the bachelor's gets you a lot of the way there. And then doing the master's is kind of like the final step mm-hmm. of becoming, yeah, properly science literate and properly experienced with like reading really, really complex topics and being able to not only understand them, but then explain them to somebody else. Yeah. And I think that a lot of academics, they're good at the understanding part and mm-hmm. then they don't practice the explaining part. Yeah. And particularly if you ask them to do anything that's outside of their direct field, they're just like, what? I don't know what. I haven't done that. Yeah. What? I think um, nowadays so that's why I, like, I think with your, your minor, wait, are you like a double major and a minor? Uh, just double major in my, in my undergrad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think like a lot of, I think definitely bridging, a lot of like the arts and humanities with science is more important now, or people are beginning to recognize and acknowledge that there, there needs to be a bridge uh, because yeah. I think sometimes it's very tempting to just stay within your own field and you think you can communicate a certain thing in the right way, but it's not the most effective or not the best way. And I think science communication is so, so important, especially like with, mm-hmm. um, people with like different backgrounds because you bring more mm-hmm. uh, diverse thoughts and ideas to, to the table. But yeah, I, this is like not the fun part of the podcast, but my mom was chronically ill for my entire life. And mm-hmm. a lot of what's motivated me to go into science communication has been thinking about all the time she wasted and the money she wasted reading about like wellness cures and like this tea will cure your diabetes and this oh, supplement, gosh, yeah. if you can only exercise in this way you'll you won't have like high cholesterol anymore and she lacked the scientific literacy to know what was true and what wasn't mm-hmm. and so like it sounds a little like stupid or something to say that I want to be a science communicator to help people but I do like no. I also want to entertain people like my most viral tweet to this day it's about how turtles can't come out of their shells but like a lot of the time I really want to try to help people try to answer like the questions of my friends and stuff about like supplements and exercise and make people's lives better I think it's very important that you mention that because I can tell that you're very passionate with um, the occupation with your current job and I think a lot of people can learn from that where uh, well, I feel like a lot of people within science strive for go for the careers that they want to go into because they are passionate. But I know there are other people who just go into specific fields just for for the money. And yeah. I want to reassure you, bitch, that your heart is in the right place. Well, that's good because the money sure is not here. <laughs> that's what's what's that saying? It's like when you when you. Uh, oh, when you love your job. You'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, that's that's the phrase that I'm trying to say. No, the phrase I'm trying to say is, if you can't oh. love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen here? Oh, mm-hmm. Do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? I haven't, no. Okay. I'm well. Sorry. It's on the list. Yeah, so you, what you're saying is you're not an ally. You're not bisexual. No. You're I'm not. not actually queer. It's yeah, queer. Do you, you want my queer card? I'll hand it Yeah, in. thank you. Revoked. <laughs> yeah, Ada, fair. do you have any motherfucking advice, tips for our listeners? Um, If I can be annoyingly earnest for a second, mm-hmm. this is actually what I like to tell everybody because my therapist said this to me and it's kind of changed my life as much as that sounds ridiculous and I got that. Um. I'm a very anxious person. I have a generalized anxiety disorder. I am on two different anti-anxiety meds. Like, and Wait, which ones? If you don't mind me person. asking, which ones? <laughs> um, venlafaxin and venlafaxin, which is a Fexor in yeah. the States, and uh, bupropion, which is Wellbutrin. But uh-huh. since moving here, fun fact, bupropion is not re- like legal here, not oh. registered. So I am having to slowly transition off of it. Um, my doctor here didn't even know what it was like she was on the phone with me googling it really Mm -hmm. the gag that is interesting hey girl i totally feel you i'm on lexapro and what are your what what are some of the side effects for you that like has affected you so like with the caveat that i felt they all got better long term like not in like weeks 
weeks in like months they yeah okay better. um i you're supposed to take it in the morning and when i did that i couldn't sleep at all so then he told me to take it at night my doctor and then i just lightest sleeper like just waking up at every noise and i'm not yeah. like that usually so i had to split my dose and now i've reached like a good in between yeah um and then just to go for it, like the anorgasmia, the sexual dysfunction, was pretty debilitating. At that yes. Time. Like, oh my god. You know, whenever girl. we talk about it. Yes, everyone. If you are thinking of taking antidepressants, like let me tell, I have no, no sex drive whatsoever. It's it's a curse yeah. and a blessing. It is a curse and a blessing. <laughs> let me tell you that. Where I'm like, I feel productive. Not saying that me being horny prevents me from being productive. There is just no, like, sex drive. <laughs> yeah. It's a blessing and a curse. Yes, 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 yes. But, like, that, I have, that one did get a lot better, actually, with time. Like, I've reached a good, a good point with that. And also, I stopped taking estrogen-based birth control, which I think helped quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, it's been a bit better for me the past year. Mm, okay, okay. I've been on mine for, like... How long have I been on my? I want to say uh, nine months. Oh, so uh, you're like still kind of new at this. Yeah, and if anything, like I am just always tired. I'm so mm-hmm. tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, no sex drive, and I don't know. It's hard to explain. I just feel like kind of like a zombie, like a zombie who's not like depressed, and I just don't have anxiety. That's probably the best way to explain. Yeah. Uh, the. I mean, it's it's a bit of a trade off. You know? Yeah, I know for real. And then there'll be days where I just like I'll forget to take it, and I'm like, dang, I feel so hyper. I feel so good, <laughs> but I feel so depressed. Wait, I want to share two more. I have I have like some of the fun weird um side effects. Oh, okay, so okay. Excessive yawning. Excessive I... yawning. Yeah, if I start exercising at all, like even just like like walking fast to the store, I'm just yeah. yawning. It's ridiculous. Like I'm walking and yawning. It's mm-hmm. huh. um, and then I lost all ability to thermoregulate. Like I just I get night sweats. They've got they're a bit better when I like if I take my Wait. meds on like a good schedule. But like I bought menopause pajamas that are supposed to help with hot spells because I was waking up absolutely soaked and like my body just had no no ability to thermoregulate on its own like mm. if i get cold i'm shivering there's no like slow lead up of like i'm feeling a bit chilly it's like i'm fine i'm frozen huh interesting and, yeah, I'm just, like, a sweaty mess all summer <laughs> honestly that sounds that sounds like me being a texas girl <laughs> all right going back to the advice what other advice would you like to give to the listeners yes. okay So my therapist told me that anxiety comes from either basically underestimating how much you can handle or overestimating how difficult something will be. And Mm. sometimes it's both, but if you, it has helped me so much to sit and think and be like, I am feeling anxious about like X event about this test. Let's say, am I overemphasizing how difficult the test is going to be? Or am I underemphasizing, like not believing in myself? And just being able to, like, isolate those feelings has really helped me have a feeling of control of being like, no, actually, okay, I think I'm just, like, not believing in myself. So I need to, I know that I do that. That's a thing I do. So I can, I can deal with that. Honestly, like, why, y'all, why even pay for a therapist when we can just listen (laughs) to Ada talk? Honestly, what about you? You go through therapy and then just relay uh, everything. So- <laughs> yeah, why? Why? Yeah. Why even pay for therapy, y'all? We can just listen to Ada Hope talk. Hope you have the same day. issues as me. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. That was very profound. Animals are incredible, and even if you can't get a pet of your own, there are still ways to have animals in your life. Um, I have been volunteering at the largest no-kill cat shelter in Montreal for three years now. Yes. Um, and even now that I'm in England, I run their Twitter, which generates them like a lot of donations and adopters. And it's it's unbelievable how helpful it is. Bitch. Like I would have a shit ass day in the lab. Yeah. And I would like our shifts were from six to nine PM and I was on the medical team. So it's like we're not going to snuggle cats. We're not going to play with cats. We're going to shove pills down their throats and like 
force them to like sit still when we put eye drops and eardrops and they're not always cooperative. And yet I left every single shift feeling so much better about myself. And uh -huh. I think a lot of the time, like if you're the kind of person that wants to feel like you're doing good in the world, yeah, even if you're working on those more like, you know, your research will hopefully help somebody someday. But right now it's a bit more abstract, right? Yeah. So going to do something like that, knowing that a cat got its meds because you went to the shelter and did your work, that's really good for your soul, I think. And it Aww. was a lot of the time I could only get through like a shitty week or a shitty day knowing that I was going to go help some cats. That is a type of like balance that we need where you can focus on your research but not spend too much time in the lab and then do something else to like cool yourself off or like keep your mind off of research and do something that you find very fulfilling thank yeah. you for sharing that mama mm -hmm. and if my listeners want to follow you where can they find you so i'm mostly on twitter which twitter. is at ada mcmean um but if you want to see me sporadically post on instagram i have a cooler title there i'm not sure why i haven't branded all my stuff it but that's <laughs> at the clumsy scientist the clumsy scientist all right and then everything will be posted in the description of this episode thank you so much for listening everyone and i hope that y'all will listen to the i fucking hate ending these these are so awkward y'all thank you so much for listening to this episode and i hope y'all have a wonderful day Alrighty, righty bye y'all